Welcome to the RCAP USA Roundup, a podcast where we have real conversations affecting both cattle producers and beef consumers. We're your hosts, Jaden Moreland and Karina Jones. With that, let's get to today's episode. One of the greatest powers we have as American citizens is the power to elect those who represent us on a local, state, and national level. Our government being for the people, by the people, we also have the power to be a citizen lobbyist for ourselves and our neighbors to encourage those elected officials to support or not support various issues that affect our communities. On today's episode, we talked to Jim Seltzer of South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds' office on how to be a citizen lobbyist and how you can affect the laws and discussions happening on a national level. So today we have on Jim Salter from South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds' office. Jim, how are you doing today? I hear it's pretty frigid up there in South Dakota. Well, I'm doing pretty good. When I did chores this morning, the waters were thawed out, and that wasn't the case yesterday with the wind blowing. So it started out as a pretty good day, even though it was about 16 below this morning. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. That's too cold for me. (laughs) Uh, Well, hopefully y'all are staying warm. We are so happy to have you on today, but first things first, why don't you give us kind of a quick introduction? Tell us about yourself. Where are you from and what do you do for Senator Rounds? Okay. So my name is Jim Seltert, uh, born and raised here in South Dakota. I've been kind of lived all around the state in some different, uh, areas. Um, I currently live in New Underwood, just east of Rapid City here on a little acreage where we have some cattle and horses and cow dog and chickens and that kind of thing. So, Okay, so tell us what you do for Senator Rounds. Like, what is your title? Okay, so I am the agricultural specialist. I do constituent work um, with the South Dakota constituent, and I focus mainly on ag issues. Um, whether it be chickens or sheep or hogs or cattle or corn or beans or wheat or about anything else that can be related to agriculture. Um, Also do some other things in the office just because we all have to kind of be a jack of all trades, but that's where my focus is, is agriculture. Very interesting. That sounds like a very cool job. So can you kind of tell us what your background in agriculture is and how you ended up working this job? Sure. Um, My background is started many, many years ago when I was probably about six years old. My grandfather, uh, my dad's dad lived up by uh, Castlewood, had a farm by Castlewood and milked cows. And so I started out, I would say, as a dairy farmer. And I thought I wanted to spend the rest of my life as a kid milking cows. Turns out I didn't. And after a while, I guess I'm probably glad I didn't because that's quite a, quite a, a venture. Um, and then I kind of moved around. You know, obviously, I've done the row cropping. I worked on a ranch um, when I was in college out here by Midland, so West River. Uh, so I got involved in sheep and hogs and cattle at that time. And ironically a ranch with hogs but that was about the time that the pseudo rabies came in and then they got involved in a bunch of hogs there for a while i worked in a sale barn while i was in college in madison i finished up my degree in madison i started at school of mines then finished up in madison got a a math education degree there so i worked for madison livestock for a few years both my wife and i as we were putting ourselves through college and 
just kind of been involved in ag our entire life. I, I grew up doing it, um, even though my dad was a school teacher, principal, superintendent, and my mom was a school teacher. My wife grew up on a farm over by Stickney. So it's kind of what we've done. It's our passion. A friend of mine worked for Senator Rounds running the West River office here in Rapid City. And we served in the guards for 25 years together or something like that. And he had retired and he had been begging me to come work because he wanted an ag person on staff. And I kept telling him no. And he kept asking and I kept telling him no. And well, I finally retired from the guards in 19. He had been selected by Governor Nome to be the adjutant general for the South Dakota National Guard. And so he, the guy that took his place, Adam Kamick, told him he should talk to me. And so he talked to me and one thing led to another and I said I would give it a try. And so I haven't looked back since. I, I enjoy what I do. I like helping South Dakota farmers and ranchers and and that's kind of where I my niche is and it's kind of why Senator Rounds hired me so that's awesome so I'm sure you have a pretty busy schedule and I feel like there's something going on or something to discuss constantly legislatively wise so can you kind of take us through a day in the life of working for Senator Rounds and just tell us what most of your days look like so every one of my days can be a little different. They always, they, if I'm not traveling, um, you know, I, I'm usually out traveling. I get to sale barns. I get to ag events. I get to conventions, whether it be, a, a we were at a corn growers convention not too long ago. I've been to the South Dakota cattlemen's the RCAF convention, and it goes on and on. And pretty much if you send an invite and Senator Rounds can't go and it's ag-related, it's going to be one of us from the ag team, and I'm one of them. And so we're always, we're always trying to, uh, to make sure there's a representative there. And, and the, the whole reason behind being there is to make sure that the constituent gets their voice heard and that we can take it back to Senator Rounds when he can't be there in person. So... So it involves answering phones, answering emails, and visiting with constituents. We call that outreach. So I was at the stock show for 10, well, 12 days or something like that, whatever the official days were. We had a booth up there so that people could come by and visit. And that's kind of what a normal day looks like. And I don't think any day is really normal. <laughs> so I'm sure those constituents are constantly calling and your phone's probably constantly ringing with cattle producers. So what are you hearing in that outreach from cattle producers regarding cattle industry issues around the state of South Dakota and really just the feel of the whole country of cattle industry issues? So just kind of tell us what you're hearing from them. Well, I think the biggest thing that that I can point out is that 98% of our farmers and ranchers in South Dakota are family-owned operations. And of those, over 2,500 of them are century-owned. In other words, they've been in the family for over 100 years. So they're either century farms or ranches. And so this is a family affair. And so the, the concern of being able to pass an operation onto a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter or a niece or a nephew is, is real for, for all of these families. 
because it's part of their lifestyle. It's not just a way to make, make money. It's, it's also part of their lifestyle, um, you know, to go along with that. You know, I have two son-in-laws who work day jobs, but they also ranch on the side. They're, you know, one of them's cabin heifers right now in this cold weather. Um, and, and so just very aware of what, what everybody is going through when times are tough. And I think the biggest thing right now, you know, there's always, there's always an issue that pops up from constituents, but with cattle, probably the biggest thing with cattle is that seeing the prices that are happening in grocery stores and then seeing the live cattle prices, although they've made a recovery recently, just during this whole, from the Holcomb fire all the way through the, the pandemic and some different issues, it, it's just a challenge when they're struggling to pay their notes and stay on their farms and ranches when beef reached all all-time highs the box beef reached all-time highs here in the last 12 to 18 months so i think that's probably what we hear about most and you know the ideas coming from the constituent range from investigate the big four to it's a free market leave it alone um the government will only mess it up um to the government needs to do something and so it's kind of all over the board, but I would say the general consensus for most of it is there is really no reason for live cattle not to follow the, the beef market on its upward trend because generally that's how it works and that's how a, a free market would generally work. So I would say that's most of the frustrations stem around that. So we're always telling people to call their senators, call their senators. I think I can recite the Capitol switchboard number in my sleep because we use it so much. But sure. something we're hearing is a lot of people are getting tired of calling and they don't always see immediate results from their calls. So sure. tell our listeners, why do their calls and emails to their senators matter? Well, they do matter, and, and I can only speak on, on behalf of Senator Rounds. This is, this is how he gets his information from constituents. He's either walking around at the stock show talking to them, or they're talking to his staff, which I'm part of. And so if you have, if you have a, a message for the senator, or if you have a stance on a piece of legislation, the best way you can get that through to him is through his staff. Um, I would say use your state staff. I know you, you guys a lot of times are promoting the switchboard. And if you're gonna call other senators and other representatives, that's probably a good way of doing it. Uh, I would recommend, I know for our office, it's usually good if you ask to speak with someone who works ag issues. Um, so if you have an ag issue, I would ask for someone who does ag issues, just like if you had a, an IRS tax concern, um, you should ask for someone who does IRS tax concerns um, in each office. And, you know, it, and, and to remember that almost all of our staff members are South Dakota constituents themselves. Uh, even our folks out in DC grew up in South Dakota, not a hundred percent, but quite a few of us here in the state. I don't know that we have anybody on staff that didn't wasn't born and raised here in the state so 
the biggest thing you have to remember is even when you're frustrated, it helps to be polite. It's no different than we're, when we're out and about and we're attending church or we're going to the grocery store or stopping at a gas station or out to eat, you know, you always get a little bit more bang for your buck if, you, if you're polite to people. So, and we're no different. If you start out by yelling at us, uh, it doesn't always go the best. It, so, you know, that's my biggest, my biggest thing that I tell people is like, it's good to be concerned and it's, it's good to be worked up about an issue because that's obviously why you call, but to be able to articulate what you think needs to be done so that we can carry that message to the Senator is probably why you called. And that's, that's, and then the other method is obviously you can email, you can write letters. They all get loaded into a system and, and sent. And then the, the issues are, put into categories and obviously if we get you know what we've had as many as 10,000 calls letters emails on particular issues obviously each particular one doesn't get discussed with the senator it's not even realistic but if it's categorized vote yes or vote no on a particular piece of legislation or what are you doing about the southern border things like that then it's or what are you doing about um live cattle prices with the high price of beef you know those are the kind of things that will be tallied into to groups and then he'll know how many people contacted and and what their general stance are is on those particular issues that was going to be my next question was we were all curious do y'all really keep tallies of the calls and emails pertaining to certain issues we we absolutely do in fact we're not we're actually not given the option of not keeping track of, of our communications with constituents because Senator Rounds is actually really, really concerned about hearing from his constituents. I know sometimes when, when someone might not agree with his stance on something, they may not think that, but even when they disagree with the stance, he, he, it's communicated to him, so. So our nation was founded on the principle of that for the people, by the people. So can you tell me how do constituents guide that decision-making process in the Senate? And what do those conversations look like with Senator Rounds' office in particular? Well, Senator Rounds is, you know, and South Dakota in itself is unique because there's many constituents who personally know Mike Rounds as, as a person, um, he served in our state legislature. He served as our governor, and he's now currently serving as our U.S. senator. The constituents, when when they send in that that information, goes to him. I don't want to go into because this is something that Senator Rounds would have to answer directly. But but I guarantee that a lot of the things we do are driven by constituent communications. So if there's an issue. Like, and I'll just use the, since, you know, obviously cattle are near and dear to my heart because I have my own cattle and I have many, many family members and friends who are, are cattlemen and cattlewomen. But the biggest thing is, is that the DOJ investigation, that all came about by numerous calls from constituents and letters and emails about doing something. And it all kind of goes back to not that there weren't issues before the Holcomb fire, but that 
kind of was a big red flag that came up. And that was kind of what started this whole process of, of doing something about what is perceived as, as the big four having too much of an uh, say in what the markets do. So cattle producers are getting tired and they're running out of steam. So what more can those cattle producers do to influence the decision-making process and see the changes they want in their industry besides just calling? Well, I think it's important, you know, it's important for, for each of the producers. Like, I think there's about 17,000 cattle producers according to USDA statistics in South Dakota, there's nowhere near 17,000 memberships in, in our cattle organizations, you know, whether it be RCAF or South Dakota Cattlemen, NCBA, Stock Growers, Farm Bureau, Farmers Union, you know, or any of the others. Um, sometimes they just have little local ones that don't have a national outreach. But, but I think it's important to, to belong to someone who represents your beliefs. Um, most of the organizations, their memberships aren't much. I mean, they're a hundred dollars or less in most cases. Um, so I, I think that's one, one way they can do it. The other way is to understand how legislation is passed. You know, legislation is passed, generally speaking, through a committee. And, and in our case, we're talking egg. So the Senate Ag Committee or the House Ag Committee you should know who's on those committees. Um, Mike currently is not on the Ag Committee. John Thune is. Um, Dusty's on the House Ag Committee. But then there's a lot of other people from other states who are on those committees. And you have to remember, most of those states are consumer states. So they're the, you, if you can engage the consumer, you're going to have way more success in getting what we want or what we think is in the best interest of South Dakota and our nation. So I think the biggest thing is, is that you need, you need, you know, calling, calling a Senator who has already introduced a piece of legislation to support their own legislation usually isn't necessary, but trying to convince other States. So you maybe, you know, I always tell people, maybe you should call a, a relative that lives in another state um, you could, you could call a friend who lives in another state. If that person's Senator maybe sits on the ag committee or that person's representative sits on the ag committee in their respective houses. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. And, you know, the biggest, I, I think the most important thing though, is just being involved, being involved all the time, not just when things aren't going real well. And we have a tendency as farmers and ranchers if things are okay, then we just kind of leave it alone. And, you know, we never try to put the cows in when they're already in, but we do have to try to put them in when they're out. So we have a tendency not, not to pay attention to some things. And I think you always need to pay attention to what's going on legislatively, just because that's the way our constitutions are written, both the state and the federal constitutions is for us to be involved. So. So Senator Rounds has proven his support of South Dakotan and American cattle producers so many times, and we are so thankful for his support of those hot industry topics of MCOOL and 5014 and now the Brazilian beef issue. 
And we're also so thankful for his co-sponsorship of those three bills, which S2716, S949, and S3230, all pertaining to those issues. And those are monumental bills that are going to help cattle producers immensely. So kind of tell us how important is the cattle industry to Senator Rounds? Sure. Well, it's no no surprise that ag is number one in South Dakota for economic reasons, but cattle are number one within the ag. And so it it's one of those things that even though Senator Rounds is not on the ag committee, it's very important. And the issues that are important to the consumers and the producers alike are important to Senator Rounds. And is it just a note that, you know, we're one of nine states where cattle outnumber people. And so this is a big economic boost to the state and we can't afford to lose it. I've always admired that about South Dakota um, of how involved I feel like your y'all senators are. But do you have any other things to add before we get off of here? No, I just think it's kind of like what I've said before, um, you know, be involved. Um, but when you're involved, respect other people's opinions. Um, we obviously in the cattle industry don't agree with how to address some of the issues that we've run into or we continue to run into. Um, but remembering that we do all live together. We, our kids and our grandkids go to the same schools. Uh, we attend some of the same churches. We see each other at social events. So I think being polite and, and part of, you know, obviously the First Amendment guarantees us to have the ability to have an opinion without it being held against us and for sure with our gov- without our government uh, interfering. So I think that's probably the biggest thing I can is, you know, get involved, be involved, and by all means, be polite. So something we like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what is your favorite cut of beef and how do you like it prepared? Well, mine's easy. My favorite cut is a T-bone and it's medium rare. That is a great answer. Well, Jim, thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and just kind of educate our listeners on citizen lobbying and how much impact they have on their legislation. I guess my parting comments are is obviously that for the constituents here in South Dakota, by all means, contact us. We're always here to listen and we appreciate hearing from you. Thank you so much, Jim, for joining us today. We appreciate your insight and all the good work you and Senator Rounds do on behalf of the American cattle producer. Your calls matter. Your emails matter. We live in a country in which we the people have the power to dictate how we are represented and what issues our elected officials go to bat for. I know it's tiresome, I know I sound like a broken record, but we have to use that power if we want to see change. Call your senators and representatives at 202-224-3121 and encourage them to support S2716, the American Beef Labeling Act, to reinstate mandatory country of origin labeling, S949, the 5014 Cattle Market Protection Bill, and S3230, a bill concerning Brazilian beef imports. Be involved in the conversation. We sure would love for you to join us. It costs $50 to become a member. That's 13 cents a day. You also can follow us on our social media at RCAFUSA 
on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the RCAP USA Roundup. To learn more about RCAP USA, visit our website, www.r-capusa.com. 